Good evening, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you once again. I have a little bit of kind of irritating evening sunlight over to my right, so expect that to go away as the sun goes down. I have Dot here with me, which I usually don't. I usually try to keep her out of the office because we have a nice rug in here, and she is not reliable as far as where she tinkles. So um, she might appear in the corner and you might be able to see her. So look forward to that. Um, if she does decide to make a guest appearance, she might bark. Who knows what she'll do? It's always a, a crapshoot with these two. They're very entertaining. Today we are going to take it easy. We're not going to worry about anything at all. We're going to have low viewership. Not concerned about it. Thank you guys for tuning in for sure. Tonight's first story is a troubling story that I read earlier today that I think that we should really get into. But first of all, we're going to retweet Andy. Andy says, Trad Queen Story Hour with Star Patch Lids is live right now. Tonight, shock new study finds doing drugs can mess with your head. What? Crazy. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about first. So let's jump right into that. So this is the focus of the poll. Oh, shoot. We went back to where we were before. No, go away. There we go. It's because I clicked over on the chat and it was Andy's tweet right under it. So I posed a question to you guys, and if you haven't gone through the poll already, go ahead and answer the question. I asked, how strongly do you feel that marijuana is beneficial? 35% say extremely, 35% say kind of, 17% say kind of not, and 11% say not at all. Um, I personally don't have, I will preface this by saying I don't have huge strong feelings about marijuana except that I think people should be allowed to do it. Just like I personally think that people should be allowed to drink even though it's not good for them. I don't know exactly how I feel yet about harder drugs. I have seen it becomes a case of no longer being under your control at a certain point with harder drugs, but it's kind of the same way with alcohol. I just have taken care of people who were hopelessly addicted to all kinds of alternative substances during the course of my time working at the cardiac unit, including people who were younger than me and unfortunately, people who ended up dying because of their addiction, very troubling to me. I made me really sad to see. It's something that I would like to see resolved. But at the end of the day, I really feel like it's cultural. We need to have, we need to have things that people are focusing on instead of making themselves high all the time at the end of the day. So let's read about this study. I found it really interesting. Andy was kind of questioning me about it before tonight's show. I didn't have all the details at the time, but we are going to unpack it now. And here's the headline. Very troubling. Almost one third of schizophrenia cases in young men triggered by cannabis use. Heavy use of the drug described as a, quote, major public health issue, close quote, despite an increasing number of countries embracing legislation. Young men with serious cannabis addiction are at increased risk of developing schizophrenia, a new study suggests, and they surveyed millions of people. Experts estimate that nearly one-third of cases of schizophrenia in 21 to 30-year-olds, okay, so this is very young, this is before the brain has fully developed, some of them, probably about half of them are before 25 years old and the other half are after that very formative time, were triggered by cannabis use disorder. Cannabis use disorder is thought to impact around 1 in 200 people and relates to problematic cannabis use where people cannot control their intake and suffer withdrawal symptoms if they stop taking the drug. A new study led by Danish researchers analyzed the health records of nearly 7 million people over 50 years and found a strong link between schizophrenia and serious cannabis addiction. 
As many as 30% of cases of schizophrenia among men aged 21 to 30 and 15% of cases in 16 to 49 year olds could have been presented by preventing cannabis addiction, they estimate. Interesting. Health concerns require urgent action, I'm sure, from the government. Thank you, Daily or Telegraph. I don't like the Telegraph at all. Schizophrenia is a serious mental health illness in which people appear to have lost touch with reality. So this would be like believing that the FBI is communicating with you through the fillings in your teeth and nothing anyone says to you can convince you otherwise because you are living in what amounts to like an alternate reality and no amount of logic and reason can shake you from it because you're fully convinced. At the end of the day, you can't change someone's mind about schizophrenia just like you can't change their mind about Alzheimer's. It's a really tough situation. And for people who have family members with disorders like this, it's incredibly traumatizing because you want to help. It's impossible to know how to help. Sometimes your help is not just rejected, but used against you by the person suffering from this illness. It's really, really difficult to handle. The entanglement of substance use disorder and mental illness is a major public health issue requiring urgent action and support for people who need it, said Dr. Nora Volkow, director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse. I don't know what country that's in. It might be Denmark. As access to potential to potent cannabis products continues to expand, it is crucial that we also expand prevention, screening, and treatment for people who may experience mental illness associated with cannabis use. Excuse me. The findings from this study are one step in that direction and can help inform decisions that healthcare providers may make in caring for patients, as well as decisions that individuals may make about their own cannabis use. In 2015, a British study estimated that around one in four new cases of psychotic conditions such as schizophrenia could be directly could be a direct result of smoking, smoking extra strong varieties of cannabis. Really, really interesting study. And as I said, they looked at 7 million people's like medical histories. That's a huge, huge, huge sample size. I remember on Timcast IRL, um, Ian always used to give studies a hard time for having small sample sizes. I think this would disprove his difficulty and his struggle with all of those different studies. Sometimes studies have very small sample sizes and then we just have to extrapolate. When you have 7 million cases of this and you're able to draw a very clear link between like compulsive marijuana use and actual schizophrenia, that might be time to pause and examine what's going on and maybe try to figure out why people are addicted to this in the first place. Uh, when I was talking to Dave Landau the other day, I asked him if he thought that marijuana could potentially be addictive, and he said that it depends on your personality very much. And I'm very much inclined to agree because the people I've known who confess to having done marijuana than they, more, more marijuana than they wish they had also had kind of addictive personalities and, and it can be a real issue, but it turns out that you can actually get addicted to pretty much anything. Whatever gives you that dopamine rush, whatever gives you that high, what gives you that kind of hit, you know, it's, it's something that you need to be aware of in yourself and that gets down to self-reflection and self-control. Um, addiction is also something physiological, especially with alcohol. Alcohol withdrawal can actually kill you, whereas I don't think that marijuana withdrawal can. I have heard of marijuana causing something called hyperemesis, um, which is where you have uncontrollable vomiting. And I saw people come into the emergency room in Colorado with that. And that can actually lead to heart conditions too, because that will lead to really, really quick dehydration because you're losing a lot of liquid serious problem. And I think that a lot of people have pointed out recently too, and I'm about to read your comments in the chat, that the re the modern marijuana is incredibly strong compared to the marijuana of, say, Woodstock. 
Um, and that could also be an issue as well as people are getting more and more hooked on it and people who did not maybe realize that they had addictive personalities before come to realize that they're kind of dependent on using marijuana just to get through the day. Let's see what you guys are thinking. Howdy from Tucson. Hello on how snipes. Wonderful. Stevie says marijuana puts me into psychosis. It's definitely not for everybody. Yes, it can make you incredibly paranoid. It tends to hit everybody differently. Um, it sounds like these people who are experiencing kind of schizophrenia that seems to be linked to addiction probably thought it was great and used it a lot and then became addicted to it. So I think that's a Honestly, you should count yourself lucky, Stevie, that it kind of troubles you because that means you're not likely to get super addicted to it. He goes on to say, luckily, I'm harmless and the police in my area are nice. They're driven me home a few times in the past. Yeah, it can be a problem for people. It's good to know yourself. It's good to know how you respond to it. Wake Up Waverly says, I smoke every day, but I am a proponent that it has a detrimental and addictive effect as well as benefits but they push it like a cure, all wonder drug with no downside. That was my big deal in Colorado. So I was in Colorado when weed was legalized. I think, I want to say back in 2015. Andy was actually there as well. Hello, Dip. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to knock my drink over and bump my microphone. Thanks. Appreciate that. You want to you wanna contribute? Do you have thoughts about marijuana? Dip says, yeah, I love marijuana. No, no, that's not marijuana. That's catnip. Yeah. Dip loves catnip, and he has a slightly addictive personality, too, so we're trying to back off the nip a little bit, right? He gets really wound. Um, but the um, the effect kind of wears off on cats, which is really interesting, too. Anyway, that was distracting. Thank you for joining us, sir. Happy to have you here. Dip always has deep thoughts. Dip thoughts with Dip, I think we're going to call this segment. Um, yes, so people touted marijuana as a miracle cure for everything. They're like, this is the cure for cancer. And I was like, please, please, if you think there is a cure for cancer, I have bad news for you. There is no single cure for cancer because there is no single kind of cancer. There's not actually a single cause of cancer. Are you eating the cord? Please stop. Please cease. Please desist. That's our next article. Um, yeah, I, I have a big problem with that too. And everybody's like, oh, it's natural. It's no big deal. You know what else is natural? Arsenic nightshade, all this bad stuff that actually can and probably will kill you. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, which is false. Yes, correct. And the youth and the youth I see smoking are not okay without it is a crutch and a numbing agent for many, in my opinion, including myself in this. Interesting. Yeah, that is a keen observation. I've seen memes about how um, people start with like an edible and they're like, oh, this is going to be fun to do. And then they're like, I'm taking a whole bunch of it just to be able to be brave enough to go to the grocery store. That's crazy to me. That's not a position you ever want to be in. That is on par with alcoholism, seriously. Um, and they say that it doesn't affect you while you're driving. I, I don't agree. I don't agree. It slows your responses, not in the same way as alcohol, but at the same time. Do you have like strong feelings to share, Dip? He just keeps popping up here. Isn't he beautiful? He has beautiful green eyes. He knows how handsome he is. Anyway, yeah, marijuana. Waverly, Wake Up Waverly says, got here two nights in a row. I'm on a roll. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. China Min says, Tucker will emerge victorious. His following is so big. Yes, I completely agree. Weesper says, hey there. Hello. Hi. Hello. Psycho Clown says, I think it's important to let the brain fully develop before diving into it. The people who waited to start till their 20s are much more well-rounded adults who can still be productive. Yes. But once again, it gets down to personality traits. Like Andy was telling me about a friend of his that did great with marijuana, who was really, really productive and really engaged. Crazy to me. I've never known anyone like that. I've only known people who really regretted starting as early as they did. 
But again, we do know that the human brain isn't done developing until the age of 25, because we do have really big brains that take a really long time. China says, I work in the industry as a grower, and I really try to avoid doing it all the time. It demotivates you if you do too much. You can see that too. Waverly says, I live in New York, and there are nine shops in this small town, far more than any other stores here. In a low-income rural town, every person that smokes I know does it every day because they are addicted. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it can be a serious issue. It's not good. Lori says, makes me paranoid. I don't like it. Yes. Everybody smiles, says, I'm high on life. I am too. Wake Up Waverly says, Dip. Dip is here. He's not going anywhere. Don't worry. He's with us for the long haul. Serenko says, most people abuse it. I don't know about most people, but I do think that it's much more addictive than people realize. Zenji says, Nightshade, it doesn't deserve the bad rep. LOL, lovely flower though. LOL, yes, yeah. So it depends. There are a lot of natural components that cause death. Honestly, there are very, very poisonous mushrooms. There are venomous snakes. There are, there are poisonous toads. Seriously, hippos are going to try to eat you. Nature is not nice. Nature is actually incredibly metal and brutal. It will try to kill you. There's a reason we've been spending thousands of years doing everything in our power to get as far away from it as possible. Um, let's see here. I love dip so much, says Stevie. I do too. He's pretty great. He's very insistent. He really knows exactly where he wants to be, and that's right here, right in the way. Thank you, sir. He's giving us a reprieve from him. Joey says, MJ has its benefits, but it also has its detriments. I'm pro-MJ as it helps me, but I have friends who say who it makes a train wreck. Yeah, it is really different for everyone. Whisper says, I'm very, uh, it's different for everyone. I'm very productive and creative. I also have been smoking for years. Yeah, it just it depends. And I feel like this is really just something that young men especially should be aware of. I think this is a strong point in favor of waiting until you're older, possibly closer to 30. Yeah, so 45% of people say kind of feel that marijuana is beneficial. That's pretty much where I am too. Like we know it's it's helpful to some people who have really bad anxiety, but then you run the risk of, as we said before, getting addicted. All right, we spent a really long time dwelling on that, but it's a really interesting topic. Saranko points out potatoes are in the nightshade family. So are tomatoes. That's true. You know what I mean. They're poisonous plants. Nightshade, belladonna are first the first things that spring to mind, at least for me. All right, let's talk about Tucker. We love talking about him. It's a very interesting drama going over there um, with Tuck, uh, Tucker and Fox and those text messages and Media Matters and Dominion. We're going to get into all of it because it is fascinating, at least to me. When I expected this, accepted this speech, I didn't realize how much free time I'd have. Tucker Carlson makes first public appearance since Fox News firing with speech at Alabama religious nonprofit. Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News on April 23rd after 14 years at the network, making his first public appearance since his shock firing. He joked with a sold-out audience about his dismissal. It comes as Fox News ratings fell behind MSNBC one week after his departure. That's right, as it should be. Former TV presenter Tucker Carlson has made his first public appearance, sold-out crowd. According to the Aniston Star, he immediately approached the subject of his recent firing at Fox News in his opening line. Of course, Tucker is not one to beat around the bush, and I appreciate him for that. Carlson, who earned $20 million a year at Fox, joked, I'm probably the first unemployed person you've ever invited to speak. It's funny, I've never given speeches because I'm working. When I accepted this speech six months or something, I didn't realize how much free time I would have. One never knows, does one. 
That is true. The newspaper reported that Carlson spoke at length of his love for the state of Alabama as well as American politics. The event had been organized as a fundraiser for Rainbow Omega, a residential facility in Alabama that houses adults with developmental disabilities. Good for him. Carlson left his Fox News show on April 23rd with no official reason given for why the company let their most watched anchor go. The decision was made six days after Fox settled with Dominion voting systems for $787.5 million, over half a billion dollars. Since then, a slew of rumors pertaining to his dismissal have emerged, spanning from claims over to Carlson's texts that have emerged in the wake of the lawsuit, which includes him claiming he did not like Trump. There were also rumors Carlson may have been fired over a gender discrimination suit fired by a former female booker on his show. Yeah, pretty, pretty convinced that's absolute nonsense. Doesn't he look sad here in this picture, though? I feel like Tucker really is missing um, Fox as he joyrides with his lovely wife in what appears to be Florida. Amazing. Carlson and his wife, Susan Andrews, pictured for the first time after his dismissal since parting ways with Fox late last month. Oh my gosh, what a lovely couple. He told a Daily Mail reporter that retirement is going great so far outside his home in Boca Grande, Florida. Oh, interesting. He does have a spot down in Florida. That's awesome. Good for them. It has also since emerged that Carlson sent an incendiary text message the day after the January 6th storming of the Capitol, which the board of Fox News learned about on the eve of their defamation trial. The pivotal role played by the January 7th, 2021 text message was originally reported by the New York Times. In the text one of his producers, to one of his producers, Carlson recalls seeing a mob of three white men attacking an Antifa kid and wanting the victim to be seriously injured. But as Carlson wrote, he realized wanting the Antifa kid to die was wrong. Carlson, whose critics call a, him a white supremacist, also asserted that white people in general do not act so dishonorably as to launch a three-against-one attack. And I appreciate the Daily Mail's summary of this because that's exactly what he said. He did not specify the race of the Antifa kid. It was three against one, at least, Carlson wrote. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable. Obviously, it's not how white men fight. That's exactly what he said. I am willing to bet, given the demographic makeup of Antifa, most of them are white. Most of them are the descendants of wealthy slash well-to-do slash middle-class parents. Most of them are unemployed. Most of them still live with their parents. And yes, most of them are white. So I am willing to go out on a limb and say that it was three guys against one guy and they were all the same race. Network beat out its competitors with an average of 1.693 million total viewers and 176,000 in its critical 25 to 54 age range. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, on Monday, MSNBC scored a primetime win over Fox News in both the key age demographic and in total viewers. Fox News, however, still won the week in primetime in both categories, according to Nielsen. Fox brought in an average 1.598 million total viewers between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. and 164,000 viewers in the demographic. I feel like when we get into numbers like that, it's kind of discombobulating because it's just a lot. Um, and we don't really know what the typical, what's typically expected from these different networks. 164,000 doesn't sound like that many. But this is a really interesting comment by Tucker. Of course, no one knows. Really intriguing to see what happens moving forward because the drama continues. Fox sends cease and desist letter to Media Matters over leaked Tucker Carlson footage. And I'm going to turn my ad blocker back in on because it's really annoying the way this is going. There we go. That's not better. Wonderful. Oh, well. Well, we tried. 
Fox Corps, the parent company of Fox News, has sent a cease and desist letter to Media Matters of America over its publication of leaked videos showing Tucker Carlson, a former host at the network, making crude and offensive comments off the air. We write on behalf of Fox Corporation um, to clarify any misunderstandings Media Matters may have in regarding have had regarding previously unaired footage that Media Matters has published in a series of articles headlined Fox Leaks. Attorneys for the network wrote in a letter dated Friday. That unaired footage is Fox's confidential intellectual property. Fox did not consent to its distribution or publication, and Fox does not consent to its further distribution or publication. The network's lawyers said the videos were given to the liberal media watchdog group without Fox's authorization and demanded it cease and desist from distribution, publication, and misuse of Fox's misappropriated proprietary footage, which you are now on notice was unlawfully obtained. In a statement to The Hill on Friday, Angela Carasone, president of Media Matters, said reporting on newsworthy leaked material is a cornerstone of journalism. Yeah, Media Matters is all about that honest journalism. Let's give them their their due deserts, their just deserts, whatever. Yeah, they don't care at all about that. They're not actually journalists. They're just hacks looking for any way to drag down the right. Uh, for Fox to argue otherwise is absurd and further dispels any pretense that they're a news operation. See, they just have nothing but disdain for other news organizations. Perhaps if I tell them that the footage came from a combination of WikiLeaks and Hunter Biden's laptop, it will alleviate their concerns, Caruso added. Yeah, I don't like this guy. <laughs> Over the past several days, Media Matters has published a series of videos of Carlson, who was ousted from his show in Fox, making sexist and crude comments about women and complaining about the network on the set of his wildly popular show. In one video, he referred to a woman as yummy. He went on then to clarify that that was not actually what he thought. He was making a joke, and he actually clarified that specifically for Media Matters, not that they listened. He's seen asking a female makeup artist if women have pillow fights in the restroom. We have no idea the context of that. Maybe he actually had a reason for asking that. Leaks come amid a number of other media reports suggesting Carlson's private text messages, which came to light as part of the de defamation lawsuit brought by Dominion Voting Systems. The network recently settled for $787 million, played a factor in his ouster, including messages in which he disparaged female executives at the company. Oh my goodness, he just is terrible. He clearly does not like women at all. He just hates them. And this man doesn't stand a chance of being, for example, happily married like with this lovely lady. Just saying, not a chance. He's such a misogynist. Ugh, irritating. Like Fox, Carlson has not publicly commented on the circumstances surrounding his departure from the network. It's possible he doesn't know. Let's close that one. Fox demands Dominion conduct internal probe after redacted Tucker Carlson text messages leaked. Yeah, because that was part of the lawsuit, part of the case, and should never have gotten out. Lawyers for Fox News are asking officials at Dominion Voting Systems to conduct an internal investigation after media reports surfaced pertaining to leaked text messages from Tucker Carlson. The letter dated Friday, Fox News said the company had learned documents Fox produced as part of its recent litigation against the voting systems provider were disclosed to media organizations and published for mass consumption. The letter urges officials at Dominion to investigate and confirm that you are not the source of these improper disclosures. Leakage of court documents and redacted exhibits, the network's lawyers said, would violate the text and spirit of the party's agreement. Late last month, the news company agreed to pay Dominion. Yes, we know this. Days after the two parties settled out of court, Fox ousted Carlson. We know. 
The contents of Carlson text messages. Okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Nothing new here. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Fox is going after Media Matters for America with a cease and desist letter. Not sure about the legal implications of that. If you guys know, tell me in the chat. And they're also going after Dominion, which is fascinating. I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. But this is not the only drama that Tucker has caused. Let me close that one. There we go. Good riddance. GOP lawmakers private glee at Tucker Carlson firing. Now, this, doesn't this sound like what the Pentagon was gloating about when Tucker was first fired? Doesn't it sound like the GOP is not actually on your side and neither is Fox and Tucker Carlson might have been one of the only people there who was telling the truth? That's what it feels like to me. Let's read. A sizable number of GOP lawmakers are quietly cheering Fox News' decision to remove Tucker Carlson from its airwaves as it's making it easier to provide aid to Ukraine, Axios has learned. Wow. Unbelievable. Why it matters. I do appreciate Axios for organizing their articles that way. Carlson was one of the most vocal critics of continued support to Ukraine, often going after lawmakers by name on his program. His commentary was a source of regular heartburn for defense hawks. Good. That's called journalism. That's called actual journalism. The problem with our current journalistic institution right now is that everybody wants war. Everyone. Everyone wants to go to war and nobody even cares if it's World War III. They don't care if it's nuclear war. They want to be at war. Both sides of the aisle. There are no longer any hippies on either side of the aisle, especially not on the left. And I have to just say, I don't think that there was ever actually a movement against the war on the left. I think it was all disingenuous all the time. But I digress on that point. I can't prove that. That's just my opinion. One House Republican pointed to Speaker Kevin McCarthy's rhetoric this week as a sign of the tides potentially changing. McCarthy, who'd earlier opposed giving a blank check to Ukraine, gave his full-throated support while speaking to reporters in Israel on Monday. Here's what they're saying. Multiple House Republicans speaking on the condition of anonymity, cowards, slammed the former Fox News host's rhetoric on Vladimir Putin and Russian aggression and said his inflammatory remarks on an array of issues often put them in a tough spot. Good. Good. If you don't want politicians to be in a tough spot, I don't know why you're in my audience. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be because I want... Every politician's feet held to the fire. I want Rand Paul's feet held to the fire. I want Thomas Massey's feet held to the fire, if that's what they need. I mean, every single person, every single one. I don't care how good they've seemed in the past. It's an ongoing habit of holding these people accountable in the same way that employees at private companies are brought in for performance reviews. Same idea. Everybody gets held accountable. Everybody needs to always be doing their best, and they need to understand that their continued employment is conditional to their performance. Tucker being gone makes my life easier with many things, including Ukraine, said one GOP lawmaker, though I think that somebody will own that space in a couple of weeks anyway. Well, no one is more unhappy about Tucker's departure than the Russians. Another House Republican, a House Republican said that about Tucker effing Carlson. I just have to say, give me a break. This party not on your side. And I tweeted earlier today, and I mean this sincerely, if we can't come up with a candidate who can beat Joe Biden handily, the GOP deserves to stop existing. Think about it. At the end of the day, what does the GOP do to you, do for you? Do they actually provide a counter to the leftist plan to give unlimited funds to Ukraine and prop up a potential third world war, including a possible end of the world ending war? 
Absolutely not. They're all on the same page. They're a big club and we ain't in it. So it doesn't matter to me if the GOP goes the way of the Buffalo. I also don't care if Democrats go the way of the Buffalo, obviously, but that's just because I disagree with them ideologically. A third lawmaker argued that Carlson thrived on destroy, rep destroying Republicans. I say good riddance. Well, I say good riddance to Republicans if actual journalism can bring them to their knees. Seriously, if you can't stand the heat, maybe you shouldn't be in the limelight. Just saying. The big picture. While Carlson currently may not have the platform to reach 3 million viewers a night, splinters within the party over Ukraine aren't likely to rapidly dissolve. Multiple lawmakers said that it may be difficult to unwind the narrative said on the show, noting that it resonated with much of the GOP base and that Carlson could be replaced with someone with similar viewpoints. He definitely should be. I'm not sure it affects that narrative too much. The damage has been done, but it might be better. Who knows? The second lawmaker said potential presidential contenders have already begun to dig into their positions on the issue. Former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have expressed reluctance to continue sending financial aid and military equipment. That's right. Well, Trump initially was bragging about how he armed the Ukrainians, so we'll see what happens there. Somebody asks, didn't he reach 25 million? So I think with his tweet, his, um, um, his personal video filmed in his unemployed guy basement, I think he reached something like 55 million people, which was absolutely insane to me. But honestly, good for him. Happy for him. I don't see his influence waning anytime soon. I thought this was really interesting. And since we're on the topic of the GOP, let's talk about Trump. Trump, looking to regain 2016 magic, moves away from the Republican brand. The former president is still selling an us-versus-them brand of politics, but in a callback to his 2016 campaign, it's not just about the party divide. That's right, he's not just picking fights with Democrats at this point. He's picking fights with everyone. Former President Donald Trump has all but dropped a key word from his vocabulary, Republican. He didn't say it when he met with supporters, including a January 6th defendant, at the Red Arrow Diner in Manchester, New Hampshire, late last month. During remarks to a packed ballroom at the Doubletree Hotel earlier that day, he said it only in praising some GOP governor's work during the COVID pandemic. Since he, is, since he hit the campaign trail in early March, according to an NBC review of Trump's speeches, interviews, video posts, and face-to-face -face interactions with voters, the frontrunner for the Republican Party's 2024 nomination has used the name of the party he seeks to represent in sparing fashion and typically to disparage other party luminaries. That's right. He has focused his ire on no one so much as other members of the people he is supposedly on the same side of the aisle as. Fox News and Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell and the Republican donors have basically signed a pledge to stop Trump at any opportunity, so why should he be touting the Republican Party? Steve Bannon, host of the War Room podcast and the CEO of Trump's 2016 campaign, told NBC News he shouldn't be loyal to the Republican Party. They haven't been loyal to him. They've scheduled 10 primary debates to wound him. And I have to kind of question Bannon's analysis here. I don't think the GOP scheduled these primary debates to wound Donald Trump. Don't we usually schedule primary debates? I don't know how many there usually are, but everyone is required to get up there and express why people should vote for them. In essence, according to advisors and allies, Trump is returning to the anti-establishment themes of his successful 2016 bid for the presidency that rallied voters to slay the favorite totems, orthodoxies, and candidates of both parties. 
Yes, there's a Republican primary still, but some of the strategies and tactics in regard to how we're engaging Joe Biden will look a lot more 2016 than 2020. What are you talking about, Jason Miller? You haven't engaged with Joe Biden at all. All of his ire, all of the focus of the Trump campaign thus far has been against Ron DeSantis. And I'm kind of getting tired of it because Joe Biden is absolutely a train wreck and deserves every, every ounce of bile that anyone can throw at him. All you have to do is poke at him and he will literally fall over. Seriously, we have texts from him. We have bumbles from him from just today. And we're going to look at the ways that people disapprove of him. And it's not going to be difficult to run against him, but you have to actually run against him. You're not just running against other members of your own party. And I don't like this talk of loyalty either because I don't owe Trump loyalty. I don't owe DeSantis loyalty. People who voted for Biden don't owe Biden loyalty. Nobody owes anyone loyalty. We are not in a mafia. We're not. And I'm so frustrated with this conversation about, well, this is owed and this is owed. Nothing is owed to anyone. You're not owed tomorrow. Literally you at the very personal individual level. None of us are owed anything except a recognition of our fundamental God-given rights. I digress. Trump advisors say a short shrift he's been giving the Republican label reflects a view that he's the leader of a movement that is broader than one party. It's a recognition that it's not just an R versus D. It's about the current state of the country and who on day one is going to fix it, said another Trump campaign advisor who requested anonymity in order to discuss internal strategy. Whether that's just the uniparty or the deep state or the world government, there is more, most definitely a recognition amongst the electorate at large that there is an us versus them component in all of this. During his presidency, Trump grew closer to the Republican establishment as he began to take control of it. He hired Republican National Committee Chair Reince Priebus as his first White House Chief of Staff and installed Ronna McDaniel, Daniel, whom he recently endorsed, and she won again, so good for him, who still serves in the role as Priebus' success uh, at the party committee. As Priebus' successor, excuse me. In 2020, he staged part of the Republican convention from the White House. Trump at the time praised the Republican Party, the party of Abraham Lincoln, and said it goes forward united determined. That seems to not be the case at all, apparently, since we are no longer united or determined thanks to him. Trump's shift away from acting like the standard bearer of the party comes a year after in after a year in which he waded into countless GOP primary contests, promoting some candidates who aligned with the Republican establishment and some who did not. He was able to knock out many of his loudest Republican critics, including then-Representative Republic- then Liz Cheney and Tom Rice. But there appear to be an acknowledgement uh, 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 in Trump's approach now that he can't win the general election without expanding his reach outside the overlapping Venn diagram circles of his existing base and the Republican electorate. He lost in both the Electoral College and in the popular vote in 2020 after winning the former and the White House in a more anti-establishment, less rah-rah Republican 2016 campaign. So he's basically just kind of retooling his marketing. After our last article about the GOP people talking about how they really were glad Tucker was gone because of his disparagement of their handling of Ukraine, I don't blame him. But at the same time, his people are talking about loyalty and that doesn't sit right with me either. So... Two things can be true at once. The GOP is garbage who want us to be involved in foreign wars no matter what and no matter how much it costs. And Trump's conversations about loyalty, etc., are insane and attacking people on his own side of the aisle does nothing to promote actually fi- fighting the wars that need to be fought on our own turf 
i.e. against Joe Biden and figuring out how to handle some of the chaos that he has sown. Let me see what I have here. Mm, Yeah, okay, so this is the newest approach of the people who are in the Trump camp right now, and I find it particularly disturbing and kind of disgusting because I don't know if you guys know how I feel about the culture war. Annie and I, as I've said multiple times before, we are convinced that there is no politics anymore. There's only culture, and I think that's 100% correct. A lot of people on the Trump side of the aisle are saying the exact opposite. Very interesting. No one is saying not to fight the culture war. This is from Carrie Lake War Rooms. This is from her her media group. But it's simply not the most critical issue heading into 2024. Interesting. Interesting statement. Looking forward to proof of that. The GOP must show the country how it plans to turn the economy around and prevent World War III. We need to take this country back from Joe Biden before we can take our culture back from his friends. Strong disagree, but I do like that they're actually focused on the right enemy, unlike Trump appears to be. So I thought this was a really interesting thing to say, and it met with broad disagreement from people on the right. I mean, people who like Trump, people who don't like Trump, pretty much everyone's like, no, the culture war is the most important thing. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that's correct. I think that if we don't stop the culture war where it is now, and if we don't, at least they're pointed in the right direction toward Joe Biden. If we don't stop the policies that Joe Biden represents, and let's be clear, Joe Biden is not the person behind all of this. He is a symptom of these ideas. He's being pushed forward by people who are pushing child gender transitions, all of this stuff, critical race theory in schools, um, going into some of these bills and trying to remove language that says that pedophilia is bad, serious issues that cannot wait, things that will affect our future if we don't tackle them now. It does not do us any favors to talk about tax cuts and the economy until we handle some of the internal issues that are plaguing our young people right now. So, We'll see what happens. I don't think this is a good strategy, but Joe Biden is weak right now, and I'm happy to see it. He says, right now, working age women are participating in the labor force at the highest rate in 75 years. I want you guys to think about that for a second. It's absolutely crazy because he's bragging about something that he really should think about a little bit more. Why are Working age women participating in the labor force at the highest rate in 75 years, Joe. Why do you think that is? Is it because you've empowered them to be strong, independent women? Or is it because things now cost literally twice as much as they did like a year ago and women have to work, otherwise their families go hungry? I don't know if he's thought that far ahead. I know his media team is probably not on the right side. I said, yes, that's because everything costs twice as much. Great work, Joe. We did it. It's frustrating to see this. And this is so easy to pop holes in, but I don't see people on the Trump, on the Trump team fighting with it. I see them fighting with the Santa supporters and it's discouraging. It really is because watching them fight with Trump supporters makes me think that they realize that Trump is not the candidate to win in 2024. It makes me think they're afraid of DeSantis and they know their chances aren't good. So they have to fight with him or else people will think that he is effective, which he has been. Sorry. Um, I would really, really like to see a win in 2024. And that means talking about stuff like this. Joe Biden saying America is not a deadbeat nation. We have never, ever failed to pay our debt. But MAGA Republicans are engaged in reckless hostage taking by threatening to force America into default 
it's dangerous and wrong. Joe Biden got a fact check from Twitter. Readers added context they thought people might want to know. The United States has defaulted on its debts multiple times. Then it lists like four different links, ostensibly showing us four different examples. Now, the kind of frustrating thing about context added notes is that sometimes they appear and disappear and you're never quite sure when you're going to see them. I actually went back to this tweet from him and wasn't able to see this context added. I don't know why they appear and disappear. Kind of annoying. Best to take screenshots of them when they happen because you never know how long they're going to be there. But Joe Biden is just all out lying. And this is such an easy target. It really, really is. It is. And unless the Trump side of the aisle thought that DeSantis was a bigger threat to Trump than Biden was, they would probably be focusing on Biden. But they're not. That's disturbing. And it makes me think, I really just want us to win in 2024. And I've said it before, I got nothing against Trump, but this strategy not working. It's not going to work. It's not going to convince people to vote for him. It really isn't. People already know how they feel about Trump, whether in favor or against. And it, this is just so, this strikes me as really, really pointless. And it's it's really incredibly frustrating to watch because all I want is a conservative win. It doesn't even have to be the GOP win because I'm really frustrated with the GOP for sure. But I digress. It's exhausting. We'll see what happens. Somebody says rogue Twitter AI. I'm not sure for whatever reason those don't stick around. And he says the Constitution Party was the cool thing for a while. Yeah, the Tea Party was good for a while, too. Uh, wars come and go. The only thing that changes is who gets rich and who gets dead. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Thank you, Keenan. Um, Waverly says war equals money for them. Yes, for sure. Keenan says I demand higher standards of THC. Overweight old ladies are disparaging. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you, Keenan. We appreciate your jokes somewhat. Stevie says, if everyone demands higher standards of behavior, then the culture won't degrade. That's right. That is entirely correct. Serenko points out, totally unbiased reporting from the Hill. Of course, they're not unbiased. You just have to know going into reading any of these sources that they're going to be super biased. The only source that I really appreciate and look look for like actual truth from is pretty much the Daily Mail. And they've put on this stupid ad block thing that doesn't let me actually read their articles without archive. But... We'll see what happens. Lori says, Megan Kelly talked a lot about who she believed is behind these leaks from Fox. Y'all have to check it out. Keenan says, my money is on AI, AI being the leaks. Not sure. And Andy says, disparaging females. Who would disparage a female? Yeah, I mean, really. Uh, let's see here. Higher standards of THC. Thank you for your two cents. Uh, yes, Tucker is still incredibly important. Sorry we are late, says two ladies. You are fine. I completely understand it. It's Friday night. We are just taking it easy. Serenko says we need to win in 2024 or there won't be a 2028. I just want you guys to close your eyes and think for a moment about how great the last three years have been and think about whether you want another five years of that. How have you been doing over the last three years? Would you like the next five years to be the same? Because whether Joe Biden is the Dem candidate or not, it's going to be more of the same. They're not going to be slowed or stopped. We need people in positions of authority, and I'm not saying necessarily in the GOP party, but on the right side of the aisle, we need people in positions where they are not afraid to use the power they have because it doesn't matter 
how big a game you talk if when you get into position, you're unwilling to use the power that the left has made it possible for them to use. If you're not willing to fight on their terms, you are going to continue losing. So we're just going to have to see what happens. I'm not really holding my breath for 2024, though, and that's really discouraging. I actually really thought in like 2022 that this would be a slam dunk because I thought this would be really easy for the GOP uh, and it's looking like it won't be, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like I really, I'm just discouraged and exhausted by the party at this point, which is really, really frustrating. But we know that partisan politics is never a good thing. Um, but one thing we can all agree on is that the mainstream media is bad full of nonsense, total garbage. Mehdi Hassan, noted plagiarist and MSNBC contributor, I believe. Yeah, NBC and MSNBC. Fantastic. A reminder that community notes and context on Twitter is largely right wing. Oh, look at this. He got a context added to this too. Community notes doesn't work by majority rule. This is not democracy, Mehdi. To identify notes that are helpful to a wide range of people, Excuse me. Notes require agreement between contributors who have sometimes disagreed in their past ratings. This helps prevent one-sided ratings. Yeah, and this is the article, uh, this is the tweet in question. What the F kind of murder apologia context is this? When Jordan Neely was, quote, restrained, like by his throat, is it helpful for readers to know that when some guy decided to choke him to death on the subway, Neely had an active felony arrest warrant? Actually, it does, because you know what an active felony arrest warrant means? It means that Jordan Neely was violent and had a history of violence. He'd actually been arrested over 40 times. And it absolutely is good that people know that. And I'm really sorry, Jay, that they're kind of cutting short your your typical journalistic grift by pointing out the truth. And I'm sorry that you can't handle it. It really, really is hard. But let's look what Ayanna Presley had to say. He was 30 years old, and here's a 45-second video of Jordan Neely from 10 years ago doing a Michael Jackson impersonation. He was just a young man who just did Michael Jackson impersonations on the subway. He would never have hurt a fly, is the implication that she's trying to give you. And then Ayanna Presley goes on to ramble incoherently about lynching, which is absolutely not what happened here. So here we have the context added, currently rated helpful and shown on Twitter, provides important context and directly addresses the tweet's claim. This is a 2012 video of Jordan Neely, not the conduct that led to his death. When he was restrained by three individuals in 2023, it was in response to aggressive, threatening behavior. He also had an active felony assault warrant in addition to 44 prior arrests. That's correct. And I'm sorry, Jay. I think this man has to be the most smug looking person on earth. Holy cow. This is the person who is trying to tell you that he is in possession of the truth and he will meet it out as he sees appropriate for you. You absolute pleb. This is the laptop class. This is the bourgeois. This is the sophisticated, privileged class. They constantly say that they're fighting against, but it's not true. It's what they actually are. Everybody comments, it sucks you guys can't race grift as aggressively on Twitter anymore. This is so interesting because this is a frequency of words denoting prejudice in the New York Times and the Washington Post. And we can see here the change for the word racism, racist, 
racist, xenophobia, white supremacy, sexism, sexist, misogyny, patriarchy, gender discrimination, homophobia, homophobic, anti-gay, transphobia, transphobic, Islamophobia, Islamophobic, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic, and bigotry. All of these are hockey sticks because the media has figured out that all you have to do is throw these around and you get a bunch of views, you get a bunch of likes, you get a bunch of quick clicks, you get shares, and the rabbit hole is pointing out that they're not allowed to do this anymore because they get context added. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so grateful that context added is there because this means that I had to show you this tweet. In fact, let me go to uh, my timeline because I was really, really frustrated by this. Oh no, it was from Ian Miles Chong. There was a journalist who was ranting about how, oh well, I commented, hamper their attempts to start another race war and you will feel their wrath. Poor journos, if only they knew how much we really hate them. Unfortunately, we can't say how much we don't like them because that would get us banned from the platform. Yeah, so there was a journalist who was complaining about context. She's like, what context is needed here? Journalists love nothing more than to take people out of context and try to ruin their lives. So of course she doesn't think context is important. But Twitter was adding context to what she was saying and clarifying for people who might have been misled otherwise. I honestly think that we could thank Twitter if it forestalls uh, riots like we saw in 2020 related to this unfortunate circumstance in the New York City subway. Honestly, like I... I think this is exactly what we need. And I am incredibly grateful to Elon Musk for making this happen. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'll probably die saying it, but you know, it's not, it's not good to have a single point of failure, but at the same time, um, we really, really needed somebody like, we needed someone like Elon Musk to come along and say, no, we've had enough had enough of this censorship and we're not going to take it anymore. Very, very happy to see him doing stuff. Uh, Hero95694 Abel says, you don't have to vote for him if you don't want to. Here's the problem. My vote doesn't matter at all. My concern is that other people are also not going to vote for him. For example, women, independents and moderates not winning with those demographics. You have to win those demographics to win an election. As a future mother, I care deeply about the future of this country. And it's okay if you don't, that's fine. I will I will probably vote for him if he is a candidate in 2024. But I don't think that's going to mean he's going to win. At the end of the day, my vote doesn't make a great deal of difference. In fact, I've never voted for a candidate who won. I vote for Trump in 20. I voted for Trump in 2020. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. I voted for lots of candidates in Colorado. All of them lost. Literally never once has my vote mattered. Okay, so talk to me about my vote all you want. I don't care. doesn't matter. Honestly, at this point, I'm not convinced it would make any difference at all. I am concerned about his electability, and that is down to much, much more than me. Stevie says Biden does not write or send his tweets. He shouldn't have a blue check mark because that's not him. He doesn't have a blue check mark. He has a gray check mark as associated with U.S. governmental accounts. Uh, I just know what's going to happen in the future because the economy is going to tank. The economy already is tanking. What are you talking about? 75% of women are actively involved in the workforce because they have to be, okay? The economy is tanking. A, a dozen eggs today, if you want organic eggs, you're going to pay seven and a half dollars, at least where we are. 
That's unbelievable. I've never seen that price before in my life. I'm used to eggs being two or $3 a dozen, including for organic. Organic would have been like four to $5. Crazy. The economy is bad. I still don't think that's going to be enough to keep Biden out of the second term. I don't. I think that people hate Trump enough that he could still lose. But we'll see what happens. Again, I will tell you this right now. I've been wrong in the past, and I would love to be wrong about 2024. I'm just very, very concerned about it. Sorenko says, maybe you should try to vote for Biden then to reserve for reverse psychology. Yes, the reason, part of the reason, literally part of the reason I'm predicting we'll lose in 2024 is that reverse psychology, maybe we'll win. I'm just saying. But again, at the end of the day, I still don't think my vote matters either way. So whatever. Greg says, I do not like black pill lids. I watch for white pills and Tim cast for black pills. Well, I really, really want you guys to think about what Trump has been up to. It's disturbing to me and I'm sorry. I just feel like I have to share that with you guys because I don't believe in not telling the full truth. Truth, full truth, nothing but the truth. Planet Fatness says, I pay $12 for a 36 box of eggs. Where are you located? I want to live there. Wake Up Waverly says, KH just tweeted this. I'm assuming you mean Kamala. Since POTUS and I took office, small businesses have created more than 3.1 million new jobs, a near record level, and we're just getting started. I believe that they are indeed just getting started. In fact, let me look at this graph that Biden tweeted out the other day. Yeah, here we go. I got to show you guys this. This is what we're up against, guys, and this should be so easy to dismantle. We should not be arguing with each other in the GOP. We should be focused 110% on this. This is insane. Look at this. Jobs created by president, average by month. Here we have Trump, and he's in the negative numbers. Do you guys know why Trump is considered in the negative numbers? Because of the pandemic that the Democrats used to shut down the entire economy. And full disclosure, Trump allowed Fauci to make happen. Here we see Biden taking full credit for the a bigger increase in jobs than Reagan, Clinton, and Obama. That's insane. That's actually insane. Could literally be dismantled in like five minutes. Colin Rugg says, I will community note this for you. Very misleading. In March of 2020, the U.S. was locked down due to COVID. Unemployment skyrocketed. Many lost their jobs. When Biden came into office, lockdowns were ending and everyone got their jobs back. Biden calls this job creation. That's correct. That's entirely correct. And I will give that a like because I like the truth. Yeah. Greg says, I voted the same as you in 2016. Yeah. I had no idea who I should vote for in 2016. I was like, I don't know anything about Trump. Really hate Hillary. I'm going to go with a third party. Let's see what happens. Again, I'm firmly convinced my vote doesn't really matter. Corey adds, smoking it, no. Topical slash digested, yes. Uh, that's in the marijuana vein for sure. Maybe you should try. Oh, yeah, yeah. Planet Fatness says blue state problems. Uh, blue states aren't the only states suffering from this, although it is definitely worse in some of these states. Prototismary says my sister voted for Biden. Goodness gracious. I'm sorry to hear that. Hopefully they, hopefully she changed her tune after this. Two ladies says Iowa. Iowa's probably better. Our family's farm is in Iowa. We live in Nebraska. Yeah, for sure. Indianapolis has cheap eggs. Very cool. That jobs chart is in fact hilarious. Prototismary says don't vote. Honestly, think most people should take a no vote stance as they're imploding this place. Agreed. Wake Up Waverly says, clown world. Greg says, I'm not a fan of Trump, but I will take him over any Democrat. That's what I just said. If he is the candidate in 2024, I'll vote for him. But again, 
that's not going to mean he wins. That's not going to mean he wins. And I don't, I'm not convinced that enough people are going to get on the Trump train to make it happen. Seth says, I despise Biden. I have never liked a president less than I like Joe Biden. And I try not to be too mean about it, but at the end of the day, it's really, really frustrating. But we'll see what happens in an attempt to leave you guys on a white pill note. I will say that it's possible that the economy is bad enough, that the border is bad enough, that everyone is suffering enough that they vote for Trump out of desperation. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I was wrong about the midterms. You guys know this well. So hopefully I'm similarly wrong about 2024 and Trump might not even be the uh, GOP candidate. He might not be the nominee. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll try to be white pilled, but Lydia, you are always welcome to visit us on our channel anytime too. We love you all bunches. Thank you so much two ladies. I appreciate that for sure. Looking for, looking for white pills lately because it feels like 2024 is going to be a long struggle, but I will have distractions. We'll have a move to take care of. We have a puppy to train. We'll have dip to get in the way of things. So we have a lot going on. So hopefully I'll be able to kind of focus on that instead and try to grow our community because as we know, the way to make actual cultural change is to engage with your local community, not worry about the federal level. So hopefully that will lessen things and hopefully you guys can do that too. If you can focus in on that, focus on your friends, neighbors, focus on making connections, learn more about church, look at going back to church, learn about like religious traditions and find what's interesting to you because there's deep truth in there that I think a lot of Western people have completely forgotten. But we will see at the end of the day. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We have a lot going on. I'm going to be out with Dot. She's five months old. So we're going to be doing five miles tomorrow up and down the river. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It's supposed to be nice, but not too warm. Should be awesome. She got a new little halter. She got to meet a bunch of dogs at Petco today. That was really fun too. She's a very good girl. She's learning a lot of tricks learning a lot of obedience moves too. So I'm trusting that she will be awesome when we get moved. Two ladies says, please do a video on your puppy. Jenny wants to see that. I will tell you what to find information about dip and dot. Okay. This is very important. I hope if you guys take nothing else from tonight's live stream as we're winding down, take this, go to instagram.com forward slash V L E I T E R D I P S one word. Okay. The lighter dips. That is where you can see the adventures of Dip and Dot as they happen. They're adorable. I most recently have a video of Dot vaulting into the air to catch a little toy that we have in the backyard. She succeeded in knocking it out of my hand before I even had a chance to throw it for her. She's capable of jumping like three feet and she's only like, you know, six to eight inches off the ground. So it's really very impressive. You guys check that out for sure. That is a bright spot where we focus in on the pets instead of all this gloomy stuff for sure. All right, you guys, I will see you all on Monday. I will have an interview for you sometime in the near future. Just got to figure out how to make it happen. Andy has the know-how. I need to learn from him while he's here so I can apply all that stuff while he's gone. But I think we'll just keep live streaming until we get a workable interview. Sounds like fun to me. I love, inter I love live streaming with you guys. Oh, here's link Andy dropped in the chat. HTTPS www.instagram.com slash the lighter dips. 
All right, you guys, for sure. Zach says, remember all the good things Trump did. Nobel Peace Prize nominee twice. That's correct. I don't discount the positive stuff that Trump did. He certainly did do positive things. 3.14 says, safe and happy weekend to you all. God bless you all. All right, you guys, I will see you all on Monday. Until then.